Welcome to the Your Inner Babe podcast, Set That Bitch Free. I have one of my most favorite people in this entire world, Alex Snodgrass. I love you. You know I love you. Yes, and I love you back. <laughs> you're a wife. You're, you're, a, you're literally mom goals, and you're a recipe developer. I mean- everyone listening i just want i want to preface this interview with the fact that like alex is actually one of the most amazing human beings i've ever met like from the second i shamelessly slid into your dm do you remember that it was like a little over 2 years ago you were just so willing to help with any advice in any way and you're just amazing and your food's amazing yes. your daughters are amazing everything so welcome i'm so well, happy to you. have you here well that was such a nice intro i appreciate it I love asking people this and starting the interviews this way. I just feel like we're so programmed to fixate on what's not going well. So we literally just like magnify all that we still have to do and accomplish. And we just minimize the actual shit that we have accomplished thus far. And that's not motivating. So I would love if you could tell me a few things that are currently going well for you. I have so many positive things going on in my life right now. I feel very grateful you know, of course, family first for me. My kids are doing great. They're so happy and they're having fun at school and they're growing so quickly. And that makes me the most proud. And then my husband's business is going really well and he's doing his own thing right now. And then the Defined Dish has just been such a fun outlet for me and watching it grow and being able to reach more people and have more people cook my recipes has been super positive for me. And I'm really grateful for that. And then um, we just put a new house under contract. It's literally a stone throw from where we live right now. We're just kind of getting a little bit bigger space just because I'm working from home so much. We just needed like some more office space and just a little bit more room. So we're about to move this summer to really shake things up, which is crazy. You're so good at interior design. You and Clayton collaborated so well on what you currently live in. I cannot wait to see what this one's going to look like. Well, thank you. We're excited. It's got a lot of work to do because it's never been remodeled since it was built, but we're excited about it. All of those things are awesome. I love that you shared those. So thank you. Um, Yeah, the Defined Dish has really taken off. It's so amazing to see. When you were younger, did you imagine this is where you would be or that your life would look like this? Never in a million years. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, first of all, you don't grow up knowing what social media is going to be. So that's for one thing. But also on top of it, like this whole idea of social media people that are influencers, I guess, I hate that word, but that's what we're called, I guess, are kind of celebrities in their own way. Like I would have never imagined myself in the limelight because I'm really actually pretty introverted. And I'm a homebody. So it's just weird that I'm in this space, but I'm still able to be my homebody self and kind of introverted, but I'm also like being more vulnerable and expressing myself to so many people. So it's such a weird space for me, but it's been so far wonderful and I really enjoy doing it. I get it. I'm uncomfortable with that word too. It's, it's a weird word. It's like, I want to inspire people, not influence them, I guess. I couldn't agree more. Um, but yeah, I'm such a homebody too. I'm like such a hermit. If I didn't have friends or Daniel to force me out of my house, I feel like I would be in here always. Oh yeah. Clayton's such like a, he wants to go out all the time and see everybody, which is funny because on Instagram, it looks the opposite, but it's, could not be more opposite in real life? He is like the life of the party. 
talking to everybody and I'm kind of like, I'm good in my little corner here, sipping my wine and talking to like my two closest friends. <laughs> exactly how I am. Um, will you just tell me like a little day in the life? I want to know your morning routine. I want to know your workout routine. Well, you kind of get to see it a lot on social media, but the bits and pieces, you know, kind of get left behind. Um, I'd say one of the most sacred times for me is waking up before my family just to have my little, the calm before the storm is like, as I like to call it. So I like to wake up, have my cup of coffee, get breakfast going, pack lunches. And right around that time, my little cuties wake up and I'm like ready for them. So I'm not annoyed by them right whenever I wake up, you know, start off with the right foot. Then I get them to school. And then depending on what day it is, I try to go work out. Um, and I work out at a place here in Dallas called Vive. It's kind of like a weight training and a little bit of metabolic work. After that, I either come home and I'm working on my computer doing edits and emailing and then, you know, on social media, responding to DMs and stuff throughout the day, or I'm cooking of a storm in my kitchen, depending on the day of the week. And that's whenever things are really fun, but messy. And I usually have my days of the week where I'll like do my recipe development. Then of course, throughout the weeks at nights, I'm kind of like sampling things, seeing what might work. And then on Tuesdays, that's whenever I really like, when I know a recipe is good and it's ready to be shot and everything, that's whenever I like cook everything shoot the pictures. That's my most fun day of the week. <laughs> I'm so curious, like what is the process when you start developing a recipe? You know, it just kind of depends. Like sometimes I'll think of a recipe and I'm like, I know this is going to be good. I don't need to like try it out a couple of times because it's so basic and so simple. And usually a lot of my recipes, I do try to keep very simple and straightforward that isn't using any crazy techniques because that's kind of my goal is to make it easy for whatever level cook is cooking my recipes. But you know, sometimes I'll get a little bit fancier and have like a breading on things and that can kind of get tricky and I want to make sure it works in everyone's kitchen. So with those, I'll test it a couple nights for dinner. Once I get it right, I'll cook it, take pictures of it on that Tuesday. And then I'll usually have someone test it for me. And I've got between my mom, my sister, my assistant, and then I've actually met a couple people via social media that test recipes for me as well. And so they'll test them all. So it's kind of a, a funky process, but really fun. Um, it just really honestly depends on the recipe and how difficult it is. That's the most genius thing I've ever heard is having people actually test the recipe. Yeah. The thing is about all your recipes is that every single one that I have made, and I've had this conversation with a ton of people, so I'm not just biased, but every single one that I have made always comes out exactly the way that I know that you would want it to come out and the way that the picture looks. They're so well developed. So I was so curious the process. Of that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And you know, it's, it's, I think it's, I've also put myself in that position to where they do turn out easy for people and they do turn out right because my recipes are more simple. And if you're following like, you know, an Ina Garten and she's making more complex, like chocolate ganache, like there's a lot more room for error for depending on the level of cook that you are. So I kind of situated myself in my blog to be down the straight and narrow for the everyday person. It doesn't even matter what type of cook you are. It's just on a Monday to Friday, you can cook these dishes. They're going to be good. They're going to be on the table in 30 minutes and you're not going to mess them up. <laughs> so that's my goal. And so whenever I do go to test, I really try to think about that. I'm like, I could do it this way and that would be really cool. But that's just kind of like a show-off move rather than a, than a 
this is going to work in someone's kitchen. So I really do try to like set an intention before I go cooking this thinking like, okay, if I'm reading this recipe, like what is the most simple way to do it? (laughs) How did you get into food? I've always loved food. I mean, I think everybody does, but I like really love it. Maybe a little too much. (laughs) I think about it nonstop. Um, But I grew up in a small town north of Dallas and we just didn't really have restaurants. And so home cooked meals was just the norm for me. You know, we did go out to eat, like we didn't live in like the total boonies where we like didn't have that luxury, but it was, you know, a 30 to 45 minute drive to get into town. And it was more of like a special occasion thing rather than an every night or a normalcy for us. So um, I just grew up around home cooking and I've always kind of taken interest in helping my mom at dinner time. And then I would say it really hit me hard, like my passion for food whenever I got to college and I didn't have the home cooked meals anymore. And I was so sick after about three months of college of eating out all the time with my friends or just like going to the cafeteria. I was like, oh my gosh, this food isn't that great. And I just want to sit on the couch, homebodiness coming back into play here. (laughs) I just want to sit on the couch and eat my dinner rather than having to go out and about and like go eat somewhere. So as soon as I was able to start cooking again in college, I just started cooking away. And of course, super simple. I made this one, my friends always laugh at me because I made this like egg noodle stir fry like four times a week (laughs) for me and all my roommates. And then from there, I just kind of like started cooking more. And I was always the friend that was like cooking for everybody and um, sharing my recipes with all my friends. And so after college, it just made sense to like keep sharing them in like a new virtual way once blogs came about. Yeah. I love that egg noodle stir fry. (laughs) Oh yeah. So spicy too. <laughs> so I'm not shocked by that. You, you put no. like a billion chilies in all of your food. Oh yeah, and that's me being tame when I put on the blog. Like in real life, it is like quadruple that. So just so you know, that's sissy stuff for me. <laughs> that's my favorite thing when you say like on your recipes, you're like, if you don't like spicy, omit this. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you put this times like thirteen. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I like spicy, but I'm like, I'm not as hardcore. Yeah, I'm definitely not as hardcore. Not many people are, but the people that are really appreciate my recipes. And they're always like, oh, they're not that hot. I'm like, oh, I know they aren't. I, if I did them that hot, like people would never cook my food. <laughs> Can you pick a favorite recipe? I feel like that might be like picking... A favorite child? Yes. Yeah. That's like not okay. But <laughs> no, I, I don't think I could pick a favorite recipe, to be honest. I have like my favorites, like my go-tos. I'd say my chicken piccata is one. My whole family loves that. Um, tikka masala is one. My whole family loves that. One of Clayton and I's favorites that's like just an easy weeknight meal is my Thai lop because it's like a taco salad, but with all the Thai flavors and all the fresh herbs. So I, we love that one too. Um, those are just a few off the top of my head. And then of course, I'm a huge soup lover, so I can never pick a favorite soup, but I love my enchilada soup a lot right now. <laughs> I love your enchilada soup. That's honestly one that's of a good my one. favorites, but I won't pick a favorite either then. But do you have a favorite kitchen item? I'm honestly obsessed with my steamer pot. It's almost weird. But like with you, I feel like you're using like a lot of different things. So like, do you have a favorite knife? Or I'd say that the best thing in the kitchen that you can have and invest in is a good knife. It makes chopping so much easier. It makes it more fun. Like when you have a, like when we travel and like at our Airbnb and there's a bad knife, it like makes me angry. (laughs) because it just slows me down so much. And I think having a good knife in the kitchen is great. My um, current favorite brand 
is Made In. They're, I guess, new brand based in Austin that I've gotten to know and worked with. But I also just genuinely am obsessed with their products. They are a better price point. They're just kind of, I feel like, targeting like our generation and bringing like these new tools to us that are just really nice and they're all made in the, in the U.S. But they have great skillets and great knives. And those right now are my favorite kitchen items. I'm going to have to look them up. I'm sure my mom's already looked them up if you posted about <laughs> I hope she's bought them. <laughs> my mom is your biggest fan, I swear. She's the cutest. So you're just so good also at finding healthy options, you know, when it comes to, I don't even like this word, but like bad for you foods. Mm-hmm. Is that something you go after? Like, do you see a recipe or see a food and you're like, okay, this isn't the healthiest option. How do I transform this so that it can be? Totally. That's definitely like a goal of mine. It's like a challenge. And you already know about my secret project, but in my secret project, I have this one recipe that's just like chicken fried steak made over to be Whole30. And it is incredible. It tastes like the real thing. Like when I made it for my sister and my brother-in-law and my husband, they were all like, there's no way this is Whole30. And I was like, that's so fun. But that's like, also when I do a Whole30, I'll have these cravings and I'm like, how can I get as close to this craving as possible without like breaking the rules completely? Yeah. You know, and so it's really fun to take these foods that we all grew up eating and, you know, transform them into these better for you or clean ingredient meals and just blow everyone's mind and be like, I can't believe that this is all 30 or that this is using clean ingredients. I it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Yeah. Like I would so rather make your sweet and sour chicken or anything like that than order it in. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it tastes just as good when you just take the time to do it. And you feel good too. For sure. Okay. But can we talk about the girls for a second? Yes. (laughs) Is it hard to balance motherhood and all this blogging that you do? Absolutely. That's definitely been a struggle. And we've had our nanny now for a year and a half, but I did my blog for, I mean, this is probably year five or six for me with my blog. I've done it all the way up to that point without any help. And it was really hard. And I realized, you know, I can't teach my kids to just stare at their phone all day. And I, I would try to do my recipes whenever Winnie was napping and set was at school and like, she would wake up from her nap and I wouldn't be done. So I would just like put her in front of the TV so I could finish, which, you know, give yourself a little grace. Sometimes you got to do that. But at the same time, when it's, it's a regular occurrence and I just couldn't keep up with it. I started doing my recipes at night using a light box and that was just exhausting. But where there's a will, there's a way, you know, I got through it, but I didn't want to hire a nanny until I was like actually creating an income for myself. And, um, it just, it worked out perfect and it was good timing. And it was right whenever I really started to grow. And honestly, having her a part of my team, like I call her like my first defined dish employee has been so great because now I can treat my blog like a nine to five job and treat mom time and be really present. So it's been a total game changer for our entire family. And I just think it's better for everybody. So it's been great. Um, but it's definitely tricky. And yeah. And the most important thing is that I'm, you know, setting a good example for my kids because obviously they're going to have phones and who knows what, in their future and social media. So I want to show them the boundaries that I've created for myself so that they can hopefully have them for themselves. Yeah, no, that's so great. And I met your assistant, right? Yes, Taylor. No, she's been super helpful too to come on and she's really just part-time, but having an extra set of hands in the kitchen whenever I'm doing my crazy cook days 
It's very nice. I loved when she filmed you like taking pictures of the food. It was just really fun to see the behind the scenes. For sure. Do the girls cook with you a lot? Like is one more interested than the other? It just kind of depends. Definitely Sutton is more interested, but she's a little bit older. And she she'll like express interest here and there and wanna wanna help out in the kitchen. It just kinda depends on the night and what I'm cooking. But she definitely likes to help out a lot more, especially when we're cooking something sweet, which is like not my forte. But she loves cooking desserts and she watches the show <laughs> that's like all about making desserts, like these kids, like kids baking championship, and she loves it and she gets so excited to cook. I promised her this summer at some point we would try to make macaroons, which I've never tried to do that. And like I said, I'm not a good baker. It's like way too precise and scientific for my for my liking, but I'll do it for her because I love her. But we're gonna we're gonna do that. But she she definitely expressed interest and they're always kind of in there. They want to season things. They want to kind of like touch on things and then they're out and whenever like the wait time starts. So it's fun. It's fun to cook with them in the kitchen for sure. They enjoy it. I'm sure it is. They're so cute. Yeah. And then Sutton, you know, she's at school and she hears her teachers say, Hey, I made your recipe last night. And so that's made her a lot more interested in what mommy does for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so special. For sure. It's fun. Mommy's a cool mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm honestly so curious about this, and this is not a deep question by any means, but what is your favorite food? Oh, gosh. That's a brain buster. I can't even. My mind will explode if I try to think about that. (laughs) But I love Asian food, anything Asian. I mean, across the entire map. (laughs) But lately, I've been so obsessed with Szechuan food. We don't really have anywhere in Dallas. If anybody's listening to this from Dallas and knows a good spot, tell me. But we just went to Houston and they have so much amazing like ethnic food. And we went to Mala Sejuan in Houston and it's one of the best meals I've had in a while. You just like can't stop eating it. It's so addictive. I love it. I've actually never had it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's we it's different because it's not just it's not that it's spicy necessarily, but it has this like weird mouth numbing effect and like tingle from the Szechuan peppercorns. That's Super weird at first, but really addictive and amazing. You got to try it. Yum. I'm like salivating thinking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go back a little. I want to hear a little bit more about your journey. Like, when did you decide to jump into the social media game? How did the Divine Dish like really begin? Well, so my sister and I actually originally started it together. Um, She had a Instagram handle that was like dedicated to fitness. She used to be like a Pilates instructor and do personal training. She was sharing like little workout snippets, and like little videos way back when Instagram was new. And so after doing that for like a year and a half, she, you know, the whole social media game was really stepping up. She was like, I want to start a blog. And I was always cooking. And sometimes she'd post my recipes on her little Instagram handle. She's like, why don't we do it together? Actually, we have Madison to thank for all of this. Um, and so she, we did it together for a little bit, but it was such like a, you don't really know how much work blogging is until you start doing it. <laughs> and we were really awakened really quick by, you know, if you really want to grow, like you have to be so dedicated, you have to really be committed and consistent. And we weren't any of those things. Um, we had fun doing it, but after about two years of us just kind of piddling and just half-assing it, she was getting married and she's, she's three years younger than me. Um, she decided she didn't want to do it anymore. And at that point I was really having fun making the recipes and like really into it. And so I sat down with Clayton. I was like, I think I want to keep doing this. I think I like want to like try 
and be consistent and like go all in and like maybe make this a business. He was like, Hey, I am all for it, but I want you to actually like do this. If you're going to do it, I don't, he's like, I don't want you wasting so much of your time with the kids if you're not going to take this seriously. And so that was a big wake up call for me. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm doing this. And so I rebranded my site. I started reaching out to like so many brands. I reached out to Whole30, asked them if I could do a takeover. I just like really like went all in. And that was also about the same time that Instagram stories came about. So I think it was just like the perfect trifecta of me being consistent and like showing up plus me being seen because before it was just food and like we didn't do a good job about showing the people behind the food. And that's such an important part to food because it's just, I mean, anybody can put recipes on a blog. It's like, well, who's the person behind it? Like, do you feel connected with them? I think is the most important thing. Um, It just kind of took off from there and it's literally been a whirlwind ever since. (laughs) You know, it's amazing to see. Yeah. What would you tell or encourage your younger defined dish self? knowing what you know now at this place that you are? You know, I think the the path that I took was perfect because, and I know that that's kind of a lame answer, but it's like I had those two years to realize how much work it was going to be. I had those two years to find my voice. I had those two years to find my niche and like what kind of recipes I really wanted to create. Because when we first started, you know, to be honest, we were basically just trying to copy like a skinny taste and you can't copy a skinny taste. Like, she is her own brand and she's her own person. And she's able to do that whole Weight Watchers thing and like bring in cheese and cream cheese and like make things lighter. But I found the Whole30 also in the midst of before I rebranded. And so that was really good for me to like have that niche for myself and know exactly what kind of recipes I was going to put on my blog and for people to know what to expect from me. And then like when people go to the defined dish, they know what style recipes they're going to get. And it's such like a, it's down, it has, I have an alley now and before it was just like 50 alleys. <laughs> so I think, I think having that time to like really sort it out is good. And I think a lot of people nowadays try to start these blogs because they see, you know, people like myself doing well and they try right off the bat to be perfect and to get it right. And that's, I, applaud you if you can pull that off, but I think that's impossible. I think you have to like have some really bad recipes. You have to have some really bad posts before you kind of realize this is not, this is working. This is not, you know, it's a constant, it's constantly figuring it out, you know, and I'm, I'm always kind of testing the waters with new things and seeing if they work or don't. And you just kind of, or if I like doing it or if I don't like doing it, sometimes people love when I post stuff and I'm like, I hated that. I don't want to do that again. (laughs) And to stay true to myself too during this whole process is key because if I lose the passion behind my brand, I think everything's lost. And I want to love cooking when I go in the kitchen and I want to love posting every time I post a recipe and to be so proud of it rather than like, this is a drag. I'm only doing this for everybody else but myself. Totally. I mean, you are the center of the defined dish. And I think that that's what I love so much about you. And I feel that way about your inner babe. Like I think without us at the core, it wouldn't have as much passion, dedication, and drive. For sure. How do you set boundaries though when it comes to sharing and what not to share? You know, it's kind of hard. It's I think people think that everything they see is like all my entire life. And it's such a small snippet of picture. And I always try to like remind people whenever I speak in public, it's like if I'm on stories and you see two whole minutes of stories, that's two minutes of my day. Literally, like that's it. And 
you know, maybe Clayton and I aren't getting along today. Like you think I'm going to be like, Clayton is being an asshole. And we just thought about like what was for dinner tonight. I don't know. That's like a lame fight, but it's, there's so much that's missing. And I think when, when it comes to sharing, it's like, first of all, is this affecting my personal life? Because that's the most important thing in my family. And is it going to leave an impact or is this going to create discomfort to anybody else in my family other than me? I'm okay with being uncomfortable and vulnerable on my page, but that doesn't mean that Clayton is. He didn't sign up for this. I mean, he's just married to it. <laughs> right. So, so you know, I really have to set boundaries there. Um, also, the kid thing still kind of scares me sometimes, but it's such a big part of my life. And before it was like, of course I showed my kids when I only had 20,000 followers. It was just like, I felt so comfortable. And as I grow, I still like, I'm starting to get a little weary about that. And I don't know if I need to set some boundaries about that. I definitely don't show where they go to school and like some other personal things, but that kind of freaks me out a little bit as I grow. Um, and then of course my other boundary is, is this fun for me? Does this feel true to me? And is this, is this right? Does it feel right? Um, and those are kind of more or less how I set my boundaries for myself. That's great. Where do you draw inspiration from? Oh, everywhere. I think like right now, like spring and spring ingredients are so heavy on my mind. So I'm really, you know, evolving a lot around that and bringing those ingredients in and then thinking, okay, I've done a lot of, you know, Asian inspired recipes. Like what are some other cuisines that I can do? So I'm always like, that's how my brain works is more like seasonal. And then, you know, what are people looking for right now this time of year? Are they entertaining? Summer grilling's coming up. So that's kind of how I think about creating recipes. Plus traveling is so inspiring, like going to Houston, eating at the Szechuan restaurant. I'm like, we had the best stir fry. That was like this uh, cumin beef stir fry. That was phenomenal. I'm going to try to make that tonight, see how it goes. So traveling, of course, then thinking, can I recreate this in the kitchen? Can it be Whole30? Stuff like that. And then reading, Pinterest, Instagram inspires me, of course. And like growing up and, you know, eating all these casseroles. I try to recreate those too. It's like, it's like a weird, there's just so many things to be inspired by with food, I think. Totally. Does anything frustrate you when it comes to social media? Or you know what, let's do like a high low situation. So what's like the biggest high that's been brought into your life courtesy of social media? And then let's flip it and tell me the low or like the biggest frustration that you have. I think the high is exactly what I'm doing. It's like I I came on here to share my recipes with others. And the fact that I'm able to do that with so many people is what brings me so much joy. And it fuels me to just continue to create and seeing everybody creating in their kitchens and connect with these people is just so amazing. And like, I just did an event in Houston and meeting people in person when you're behind a phone and behind a computer all day is just so gratifying and so rewarding. And for them to tell you, I hated cooking and I was so scared and now I cook all the time and I love your recipes. Like it just makes me really happy. I'm going to cry thinking about it. Um, and then the low of course is, you know, with all those nice people that I meet, of course there's people that cast judgment and make assumptions and try to take away from your, your intent on, on your page. And that hurts. I'm a people pleaser and I get along really well with others. And so when that does happen to me, it really offends me and upsets me. But I've, as I've grown, I've realized it has nothing to do with me. And I can only do my best every day and set my good intentions when I come on my page. And it's been a good thing for me as a person to grow and realize that you just can't possibly please everybody, especially 
with this many people in my community now, it's like, you can't, you can't win them all. And you can't let that stuff bring you down. Um, when you know, deep down in your heart that what you're doing is good. So that's never fun. (laughs) And that comes with a sense of self-confidence. Don't you think? I mean, let's talk confidence. So you and I became friends back when you were about to do that blog post about finding your own self-confidence and you were sweet enough to feature my babe hat. For sure. So aligned, but would love to go into this confidence thing with you a little bit. I love having this conversation with guests because we all have such different journeys and perspectives when it comes to this, but what does it mean to you to be truly confident in yourself? Um, I think to be truly confident in yourself is to be like really forgiving and graceful for, to yourself. Like I think as women, especially with our body image problems that we all struggle with, you know, waking up after a vacation whenever you know for sure you've gained like five to eight pounds and looking in the mirror being like, it's fine. I just had the most wonderful vacation. Eight pounds will fall off if I just stay clean and and just focus on me rather than going to that headspace of just like torturing yourself and punishing yourself and being mad at yourself because then you're just going to start that yo-yo dieting train, first of all, by punishing yourself. And then you're going to be starving on the weekend and you're going to want pizza and you're just never, you're never going to get the goals that you want. But also you just have to be forgiving and look in the mirror and be like, eight pounds don't matter and love yourself and just know that you're doing your best and you're living life, but you're also setting your best foot forward and having good intentions. And I think having confidence and loving yourself is an intention that you have to kind of set for yourself every day or every week, depending on your level of confidence. And for me, especially, you know, I've got, after I had kids, it's like, I've got two kids to look up to me and to set good examples for two little women. And I want them to not only know that they're beautiful because they are it, but I also want them to have a really healthy relationship with food and with their friends and their family. So I have to really set a good example for them. So setting that intention is easier for me because I think that's the most important thing for me. And if I always remember my girls first, that it makes it easier for me to be confident in myself. I loved when you posted Winnie on your story, like dressed up in her princess costume and she wanted to wear it to school. And you were like, oh, yeah. you're beautiful. You look amazing, but we can't play on the playground in this. Can you go down the slide with those heels on? No. <laughs> But it just made me smile because I was like, that's just so important. You know, it's not like, yes. you're like, no, Winnie, you can't wear that. You were like, you're beautiful. I understand yes. why you would want to wear that. But yeah, you have to get on their level and explain things to them and explain exactly why. Because when you don't include the why, they just feel silly. Mm-hmm. And she should feel like a rock star when she puts on her princess outfits because she is one. And I don't ever want to take that away from her. But if she showed up and then I don't think the teacher would really appreciate it. <laughs> so cute. Uh, what are three lifestyle changes that you've shifted in order to maintain this healthy mentality you have when it comes to personal and body confidence? So just eating as clean as possible, as much as possible, you know, and that ebbs and flows, of course, like I feel like lately we've been traveling so much and that's just not my norm. And so I'm my lifestyle as it changes, I have to shift gears and, you know, set intentions and goals for myself because it's hard to keep up with life sometimes. Um, so eating as clean as possible and healthy as possible as much is like number one for me. Um, number two is setting time for myself. 
you know, as a new mom, I found myself just doing everything for everybody but myself. And I was just so frustrated. I was short tempered. I was just kind of miserable and my confidence was really slipping away. But whenever I, you know, what, even if it was waking up early or, you know, staying up late to get things done that I needed to do, um, and taking that time for myself was really key and just asking for help and getting that help that you need from your sister or mom, or if you have a knee and you just going to get your nails done. Sometimes that's all you need to do. So setting time for myself and taking care of myself was really key. And then of course, exercising and moving. And I kind of put meditating in there. It's like a brain exercise for me is super important too. And that was something I was kind of lacking whenever I was struggling with anxiety. And I feel like when you're starting with anxiety, your confidence is definitely down. But once I really focused on those three things, I mean, now I don't ever have to take medicine for anxiety. I can really just manage it based on, based on those things and taking care of myself. Knowing what you know now about all of this, if you could go back and tell your younger self something about self-acceptance and the importance of celebrating and being proud of what makes you, you, what would you say? You know, I think, like I said before, I usually care a lot about what other people think. And I wish I could go back to my younger self because I've really learned in my adult life, you a, you can't please everybody, but just don't worry about what other people think as long as that you know in your heart like what you're doing is good and good intention and that you have, you know, you're doing your best. Like it just doesn't matter. And I wish I could go back and tell my younger self that because I think I was definitely like an overly insecure people pleaser. I just wanted to make everybody happy. And sometimes I wouldn't stand up for myself or for what I believed in because I just wanted everybody to be happy. And I didn't want to like fluff the water, but Clayton, my husband, is. I don't, he's like Winnie, like that's where Winnie gets her like innate, like self-confidence, but he's just so confident in who he is and doesn't give a shit about what other people think. If as long as like he, he's doing his thing, it doesn't matter to him. And he's really rubbed off on me in that sense. Um, and I really look up to him for that. And like, right when Winnie was born, she had that same thing. And I'm always like, gosh, I wish I had Winnie's confidence. It's just so, some people are just born with it and they just don't care. Whereas like Sutton and I, we really care and we get embarrassed and we're shy and we're, you know, get, get nervous about things and we're worriers. So I see Sutton being like me as a kid. And I try so hard every time that she has those fears and those worries, just like we were saying, I could talk to my younger self. I kind of treat it like her. I'm like, that does not matter. Like this, think about it this way. And I'll like kind of rephrase things or like, does that really matter? And she'll like, no. And she'll kind of drop it, but it's definitely a little bit more of a struggle with her. And I, I see so much of myself in her. Um, so I really look out for her in that sense because I know that she's like a lot like me. You guys look alike, don't you? Uh, we do. And she is like such a mini me as far as personality goes. She's a, uh, I'm about to call myself a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. <laughs> she's an angel. She's perfect. <laughs> so you sent me these pictures uh, for the cover art of this episode. And I one of them, I swear, I was like, oh my God, that is Sutton's face. Yeah. she And the older she gets, like right when she was born, she looks so much like Clayton, but I think that she looks a lot like me now too, especially my, my little kid pictures. Um, and Winnie is Clayton's twin. Oh gosh. And personality wise, it's scary. She's like always pushing the boundaries, always kind of just trying to see, see how far she can go. And I'm just like, why, why are you? <laughs> and then sudden you tell her one time not to do something. She's not going to do it again. Like totally. she's, she's so sweet. You get the best of both worlds. For sure. It's it's fun. And they're dynamic together. They're like 
this little duo and they're so sweet because like what Sutton's not going to do she's going to go have Winnie do and like what Winnie's not going to do she'll have she'll lean on Sutton for it's it's really cute so with both of these angels and you know all the blog stuff and I loved even how you said sometimes it's just about getting your nails done but how do you prioritize yourself with all that you do how does Alex still get first place Oh man, it's hard. <laughs> but I know for certain, especially after all my struggles with anxiety, that if I don't take care of myself, I can't be a good mom and I can't be a good wife because I'm just on edge and I'm not my best self. So the only way to do it when I feel like I'm getting more agitated or if I feel my anxiety flaring up, it's like I'm obviously not tending to my own needs and for the well being of my entire family. I need to take care of my own needs. So it's it's just not an option anymore unless I want to be miserable with anxiety and crying all the time about my anxiety and just being mad that I have anxiety. Like the only way to do it is to prioritize myself. Um, so that looming over my head alone keeps me in line. <laughs> yeah, I love that. What's the biggest sacrifice you've had to make along the way? For me, like before we hired Martha, who's our nanny, I did everything with Sutton and she, cause you know, I was just like such a hands-on mom and I was at everything and sacrificing that has been kind of hard, but also good for me. Cause I know what I'm doing is so gratifying to me personally and, and to others. So I don't want to have that mom guilt, but at the same time, it's also a really big sacrifice. And sometimes I feel like I'm missing out on a lot, but I still get to go to all the big things. I mean, my job is obviously flexible. I'm, a, I'm my own boss and I'm so grateful for that, but I'm also really busy and I can't be at everything and I can't take them to swim lessons and I can't take them to ballet every day. So it's just realizing I'll make it to the recital. I'll make it to their big events and I'll be there every night for them and cooking dinner and having family time, but I can't possibly be everywhere at once. Um, it has been a big sacrifice for me for sure. That's so real. I appreciate you sharing that. Of course. So, you know, for those of you who have been listening, you know that I love rawness. I actually seek out rawness in people. I think it's a super attractive quality. I just think it's something so rare to find these days. So the goal of this little part of our interview is to actually go deeper. I kind of want to unfilter it a little bit with these next questions. First thing that comes to mind, don't overthink it. There's no right or wrong answer. How would you describe the feeling of being in love with yourself in one word? Rewarding. What title would you give this chapter of your life? Badassery. Ooh, <laughs> I love that. No, for sure. I mean, like, I surprise myself every day with everything that I've done, and it just like blows my mind. And I'm, I would be lying if I said I wasn't proud of myself. Yeah. I've been hustling. <laughs> I think it's so important to acknowledge that too. Like, for acknowledge. Sure ourselves and be proud of all of that. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you're honestly still trying to prove? It can be to yourself or to others. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I really have much, much to prove here. <laughs> no, that's honest. I appreciate that. What's something that you take for granted? I think I take for granted the fact that I was pretty confident, like from the moment that I was born, I think maybe it was something that my mom did to raise me, but just like, I am really grateful that I have like a really healthy mindset. Like when I did start to struggle with anxiety, I was shocked because I never had any experiences like that. And like that self doubt and that scare 
And that was a big struggle for me. And I realized I've been taking for granted the fact that I am so comfortable and so positive all the time and confident. What are three things that you absolutely love about yourself? I love that I put other people first. Sometimes that can get me in trouble, but I still am very grateful that I do that for others. I love my body, which is kind of like a weird thing to say, but even with the... No, I'm I'm like, if you could see me on the floor of my closet right now, I'm like raising the roof. I'm <laughs> you like, know, yeah. it's just like one of those things that you just have to accept. And once you get past that, it's like the most gratifying thing. And just knowing that like, I have like this huge varicose vein down my leg, which I do want to get fixed one day. I'd be lying if I said that I did it, but it's from pregnancy and I can't help it. So it's just, it just is what it is. And then I'd say I really love my ability to read people and to trust my gut. I don't, I think that's something my mom taught me as well too. She'd always say like, what do you feel in your gut? Like, yes or no, do you want to do this? And I think that's really come a long way with my brand is, you know, when I am reached out from other brands to do these partnerships, like, I just think that if I just have like that one little gut feeling, I'm like, nope, which (laughs) might hold me back financially. But I think in the long haul, it's going to pay off so much more. And I'm so grateful that I have that like intuition and gut feeling about things and can read situations well. I love that. I saw something recently on Instagram, actually, that was like, told you so, love your intuition. And it's like, we are our best self experts. Like we know ourselves and how to stay true to ourselves better than anybody could teach us. We're just sort of, it's easy for us to ignore it. So I actually love that you acknowledge that because I think trusting your gut and your intuition is so important. What's something that really gets you excited? I, which this sounds weird. I love public speaking now. And if you would have asked me that, like in college, like I remember in speech class, I was like the worst. I would like shake and like not be able to speak. And now that I'm speaking about something that I'm passionate about and that I love, it just comes so easily. And I love being able to impact others in a positive way and speak in public. It's weird. <laughs> it gets me excited. <laughs> I love that. So well, I want to wrap it up with my favorite and bias, but one last question. Who is your inner babe? Well, I feel like that's a trick question because it's kind of myself. (laughs) But if I'm picking somebody else, you know, I'm going to be really cheesy here and say my mom. Um, She has taught me so much about self-confidence and just kind of going with your gut and just being you. Um, And I'm really appreciative of that. And she's my inner babe. Oh, she's your little inner cheerleader. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> taught you how to be your own too. For sure. So I hope I can do that for my little ones. You can. Yeah. You can do it for me. <laughs> thank you for being here. Seriously, I absolutely loved having you. Well, thank you for having me. I always enjoy our conversations and I can't wait to come visit you again. I know you have to come back and you have to bring the girls. My mom has to meet you. Otherwise, I'll hear about it for the rest of my life. Oh, 100%. We'll, we'll do it soon for sure. And thank you all for listening. I'll see you back next week for another episode. But just remember, the inner babe, you already have her. So just keep tuning in to find her. And I promise we'll set that bitch free.
This episode was produced by Dante32.